This week on Moms Moving On. What we need to do is, first of all, recognize that mental illness, it runs the gamut. Some people have diagnosed mental illness and are not violent and would never harm a child. And then you've got people who certainly can't control those things. But in order for people to get divorced with these issues present, it needs to be taken on a case-by-case basis and really evaluate. It's really important to treat mental illness as any other illness. For instance, let's say a parent was diagnosed with cancer and was on medication that really impaired their driving. That's also going to raise an issue with co-parenting. Is it safe to leave my child alone with this cancer patient who's on this medication? We're going to have to step back from, yeah, this guy is a pain in the ass to me and I don't want to deal with him too. I need to facilitate a loving relationship between my child and someone who's half them for their sake. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. And we're back with another Moms Moving On, and I am really excited because today I have another old friend here recording with me, probably one of the first divorce attorneys that I spoke to back when... I didn't know what to do with myself, whether I was coming or going in my marriage. And she was one of the most helpful voices that I could hear at that time. I'm so excited that she's here for you today because we're going to be covering a really important topic that you seem to keep asking me about. She's South Florida's leading family law attorney, Lauren Gronsky. She's the owner and founder of her law office. She's a family law attorney and Florida Supreme Court certified family mediator. In addition to that, Lauren dedicates herself as a guardian ad litem advocating for children in the legal system. She was born and raised in North Miami, here where I live, and she attended school locally before going to college in Tallahassee at FSU for her undergraduate education, where she earned two Bachelor of Science degrees in poli-sci and sociology. That right there tells you a lot that you need to know about her. She really understands (laughs) people. She went to law school at Nova Southeastern and now found her way back to South Florida, where she is momming, wifing, and helping divorce people, but really focusing on the needs of the family. Lauren, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for such a kind introduction. And let me just say, yeah, when I saw you, it's just like meeting with an old friend again. So thanks for having me. I'm really excited. We are old friends. I mean, our, our lineage runs deep here. And you, I've been watching you work with people and help tons of women I know get through some of the hardest stages of their lives. You offered me great advice when I needed it and you do it with such a sincerity and that's why you have the reputation you have. Thanks so much. Yeah, I mean, um, we're a tight-knit community here, as you know, the Aventura Moms Group. And um, I'm just privileged to be able to help so many people who have come my way. And thanks again so much. It's lovely to hear that um, that I can help in what I do because that's really what I'm here for. I'm here to be of service to people going through a really difficult time. You are definitely of service. You put yourself out there for people. What I, I just have to ask, what is it that made you go into family law? So I think about that from time to time, you know, as we question how we ended up where we, where we got. Um, but I am a child of a, a divorced home. And I was also, so I was raised by a single mother and her best friend was a family law attorney here doing exactly what I'm doing 35 years ago. And so I had a really unique upbringing where my perspective was like two single moms raising their kids. 
in this modern world. And I always was like exposed to that in a little, in, in, in a way. And then when I um, went, to, I was always interested in politics. So that led me to law school and um, clerkship in law school, plus internship and taking family law classes just kind of led me down this natural path to what really was my calling. And um, that was eight years ago that we that I graduated. You know, I started my first family law clerk position over 10 years ago. And I really feel like the universe, you know, set me on this path and I ended up where I needed to be. Could never have predicted this. <laughs> right. But then you're there and you're like, how could I have been anywhere else? I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad that I have you here today to talk about this topic that has really been on everybody's minds lately. Um, obviously, it's trending in the news that Kim Kardashian and Kanye are divorcing, largely in part to his mental health struggles. And I want to say I give him a lot of credit because coming out in the open as having struggles with bipolar disorder is really bold of him because there's not a lot of people who will come out and talk about what they're diagnosed with. But all that aside, it was obvious from what we're reading and what they're both sharing that being married to him because of his mental illness was really, really tough. And more and more people are reaching out to me and they're saying, my husband struggles with mental illness. It's ruining our marriage. How do I go about divorcing him, but not tipping the scales and making things worse for him? And I imagine this is something you deal with a lot. You know, Michelle, not only do I deal with it a lot, you know, um, even in prepping for this, I was thinking about all of my cases. So I deal with it in my business, but I'm also, it's also something that I've personally experienced. As I said, I was a child of divorce and, um, you know, let's just be real. I had uh, one parent suffers from mental illness and, and we're going to talk about that and how that does not have to negatively impact a parent-child relationship whatsoever, like at all. It could be 100% healthy and functioning. And it also um, doesn't have to make the divorce um, more difficult, but it does just, just by the nature of introducing mental illness to an already difficult process, there's going to be certain sensitivities. There's going to be nuances in a, in a case where there's mental illness that doesn't exist in a case where it's not. So what we need to be, what we need to do is first of all, recognize that mental illness is, it runs the gamut. There's, you know, every diagnosis is different. It's going to manifest differently. Some people have mental have diagnosed um, mental illness and are not violent and would never harm a child. And then you've got people who uh, can't certainly can't control those things. But in order for people to get divorced with these issues present, it needs to be taken on a case by case basis and really evaluate and do. It's not a one size fit all when this issue is present. And this is whether it's present with one of the parents or a child, you know, there's going to be um, a tailor-made plan for this family to get them through this process, which, as I said, is already difficult. And as you know, is already difficult. Um, but with the special needs that are present when one parent has um, really an illness that, that affects the whole family. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big question for a lot of women that reach out to me is, can I even get divorced? Because my husband has mental illness that's either diagnosed or he's showing signs of, or, you know, everybody these days comes to me and says, my husband's a narcissist. So everybody's scared, which I, I loathe that statement. No, it's important to make that distinction because everyone says, oh, my husband's a narcissist or my wife is borderline personality, but there are real, there's differences between just being married to a jerk who's difficult 
or like having a diagnosed illness. I just finished filming a video on this. The second we label someone a narcissist, first of all, we sound like idiots because we're not psychiatrists, but also you're taking, you're putting a lot of power into this person and saying he's a narcissist, a true narcissist is impossible, cannot be worked with, dealt with, communicated with. So when you deem that person a narcissist, you're now shooting yourself in the foot because you're, you're making it so that you can't work with this person. Whereas if you say, you know what, he's an asshole. He displays some narcissistic qualities because everybody in the world does. Let's find a way around it and work with him. Then things change. So I'm glad I'm, I'm glad we share the same feelings about that. I mean, yeah, no, you, you almost set yourself up for failure if it's just like a really difficult personality and you're labeling them. But let's talk about people who are actually diagnosed. I mean, there, there are conditions that, um, that really do uh, appear here in family court. And so we deal with them. And um, one thing I like to do is educate my client on how we're going to get through this process together. I have a lot of experience dealing with a high conflict litigant on the other side. And oftentimes high conflict litigants, there's some sort of um, maybe diagnosed or undiagnosed uh, mental illness present. And how are we going to get through this together? Um, So we have tools and we have tips. One huge takeaway I like to give people um, is to think about it like this. If somebody's going to physically abuse you, they can pick up a, an item, an object, like a, a bat or, or anything and hurt you with it physically. A narcissist, somebody who's actually been diagnosed or someone with a high conflict personality disorder is going to really enjoy the litigation setting and use that as their tool. That's their weapon to harm you. They're not going to pick up a baseball bat and hit you over the head. They're going to let deadlines pass. They're going to make you drive up your lawyer's fees. They're going to, they're going to actually manipulate the rules and the laws that we're bound by in the family court process. And they're going to make your life a living hell. So having an experienced family law attorney who knows how to navigate these issues and can prep you with the tools throughout the way and really protect you, insulate you from that kind of abuse. So like stand between them and the baseball bat stand between them, put a shield between them and the abusive spouse on the other side that's manipulating this process to make you miserable. That is one huge tip that I would give to anyone that's worried about getting this process started is when you're interviewing your lawyer, ask if they have experience, ask what tools they're going to give you and teach you so that you can use uh, if and when this goes south. But again, and I want to reiterate, it doesn't always have to go south. There are many cases where people can navigate these issues peacefully. Hey guys, Michelle here with a word from one of our sponsors. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. For a limited time, get $50 off your device by emailing info at soberlink.com and mentioning Moms Moving On. Drive safe. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do anything, I have to ask. 
Have you not joined the Moms Moving On membership community yet? This is the place I created for anybody looking for the benefits of coaching without having to commit to a high coaching fee. I've rounded up my go-to experts to put together curated content just for you, including free monthly webinars with me, self-confidence boosters, co-parenting tips and strategies, heartbreak advice, divorce anxiety relief, legal advice from top U.S. attorneys and mediators, financial advice, ebooks to help you on your journey, journal prompts and worksheets, discounts for all my favorite brands. The list goes on and on and on. And all of this at only $9.99 a month. Yep, you heard that right. $9.99 a month to be connected to women all over the world who are going through exactly what you're going through and to connect with me. Go to momsmovingon.com slash become a member and join us today. So if it's something, you know, apart from high conflict, borderline personality, whatever personality disorder this person might or might not be displaying, if we're dealing with somebody, you know, who has diagnosed bipolar disorder, depression, severe anxiety, what challenges does that bring to not only the divorce process, but looking at co-parenting and how much time this person can spend with the child? Because I think that's where a lot of moms get really scared. If this person is struggling on their own, how are they going to have 50% of my child's life? These, I mean, so this raises a ton of issues. Okay. I mean, first of all, you, like I said before, we take it on a case by case basis. So what is the uh, underlying illness, how is it being treated? Because as we know, there are many parents who are treating their issue. They're on medication, they're in therapy, and they're wonderful parents. Um, so, and and of course, safety of, our, of children is our paramount concern. But um, we have ways that we can deal with co-parenting issues. So for instance, if there is an actual fear, case by case basis, but if there's an actual fear that a parent um, may harm a child or really damage them in some way while they're in their presence, based on something that happened, maybe they physically harm themselves or they've threatened to do it. Um, we have resources and tools that we use uh, to facilitate co-parenting. So actually there's fantastic supervised parenting programs where you can, um, there's therapeutic supervised parenting. And then there's also just supervised parenting just to ensure safety of the child. Miami-Dade County has family court services where there's an in-house incredible program that families can avail themselves of. And it's wonderful. And we don't have that in Broward County. I'm practicing in a tri-county area where it's different from county to county, but we also have fantastic resources in Broward that can facilitate co-parenting where there's an actual fear of um, violence. But on a, on a personal level, you know, I mentioned earlier that I went through this, um, you know, mental illness manifests itself in many different ways. So maybe it, it manifests itself in a way that maybe one parent is a hoarder. And so the home is not particularly safe and overnights are not are not great for that family. Right. Uh, and there's compulsive behavior like that. You're going to tailor a parenting plan to work for the family, because what I want everyone to really take home is that children benefit from a relationship with both parents. And even yes. where it's not perfect, we have to try to make it work. Exactly. And with the really difficult 
illnesses, you know, where people are um, incapable of making decisions that are in the best interest of children and things like that. We still have a responsibility um, to run things by that other parent if, you know, unless you have like a what we call in Florida ultimate decision making. But even in extreme circumstances, people are going to be involved in those decisions and we want them to have time with their kids. So the answer to your question is you have to tailor it to the family. And, um, you know, where there's issues of safety, we have plenty of resources to deal with um, with that so that kids can still enjoy a relationship with their parent. You know, they are half their other parent. And so we don't want to stigmatize this. It's really important to treat mental mental illness and mental health issues as any other illness. For instance, let's say a parent was on uh, was diagnosed with cancer and was on medication that really impaired their driving. That's also going to raise an issue with co-parenting. Is it safe to leave my child alone with this cancer patient who's on this medication? And so how do we how is this any different from that? We're going to have to step back from, yeah, this guy is a pain in the ass to me and I don't want to deal with him too. I need to facilitate a loving relationship between my child and and, and someone who is half them for their sake. So, the, you know, it's interesting that, that you pick this topic. It's a very deep topic. It's a very serious topic. But, you know, certainly when you specialize in an area like this, there are ways to get families through this process peacefully. And that's really something I try to do in every case. But, but particularly where these issues are present, these people need it the most because they're dealing with so much as it is. Right. It's and so I think, difficult already. I think if we, you know, destigmatize mental illness, right? Like I have anxiety. That's a mental illness. Everybody's dealing with something at this point. And I think did like, you? I just gave the example in the video that I did that if you have a child with a behavior disorder, are you just going to decide, well, can't deal with that kid. I'm just going to let him make his own bed and lie in it. No, you find all the ways to work around it and, and do your best for that child. And so I you treat it. In my opinion, it's the same thing with a parent who is either not able to behave the way they should or is struggling with something mentally. You find ways, you find loopholes to reach that person uh, in their better areas, their strengths, play up their strengths to your child. And I just think there's such a stigma around it that people automatically assume if my husband is struggling with mental illness, we cannot get divorced or co-parent because life will implode. You know how antiquated that stigma is? It's so deep. It's ingrained in our society. And like, I always joke, but like, think back to like the 1800s, like you would have been just thrown into a sanatorium and forgotten about. You're, you're passed out of society. But like, really, the messages we still get, even though we've made so much progress in the field of mental health, and we have, we, we acknowledge now that it's not like demons in our head, right, or, or, or blood infection, we have science, it's still the messages we get about like anxiety and depression are still bad, or, oh, I'm so sorry, or how can we, and like, the truth is, it's like I said before, it's got to be treated, even though you can't see it, it's got to be treated like any other physical illness. And when you reframe it like that, you take away the stigma and you teach your kids that um, it's okay, then you'll have a very positive upbringing. I think personally in my life, because I mentioned to you that my mom's best friend was a family law attorney. And as you know, being married to a family law judge, you, you get what we do all day. If you're hanging out with that person all day. Yeah. And I feel like I was very fortunate because my mom raised me to like, encourage a very close and loving relationship with my dad. We saw, I saw him every day, whenever I wanted, he was welcome in the home. It was very amicable and really cool and worked for our family. And that was 35 years ago. It was like cutting edge. 
we're now like talking about this. We have podcasts. We're having a whole session about this issue, which wouldn't have happened 35 years ago, you know? And so I feel like I was really uniquely positioned to like bring this to the world or to the community I serve and like really help people that are going through this on a, a unique level. Cause I know the law, I'm going to get you divorced. I can do that on a technical level, but can we connect and can I get you through this process? And I have represented people on both sides. I have clients, even right now, as we sit here where we're dealing with, you know, I have a schizophrenic and bipolar on the other side, but I've also dealt with clients myself that my client is bipolar or my client um, has, you know, whatever various diagnoses are out there. And I'm dealing with um, the issues from both sides, as well as, like I mentioned earlier, the children. So it's really something I'm very sensitive to. And I'm going to make sure that each family gets the unique attention that they deserve. I love that because, you know, like you said, lawyers know the law, but is every lawyer really designed to be able to have empathy on that level for a divorcing couple where mental health issues are present? And so to that, I want to ask you, because so many of our listeners are not in South Florida. And yes, we do have great resources in South Florida. If you are worried about co-parenting with someone with mental illness, there are fantastic programs like Family Court Services. There's a program called mm-hmm. Fleeces in Broward, which is fantastic. Yes. But outside of that, most of our listeners are not from here. What is the first step they can take? If they are really ready to get a divorce, they're worried about mental illness being present in their soon-to-be ex-husband's life, what kind of attorney should they look for? What, what should they be doing? Okay, well, this is a multifaceted answer, of course. And in conjunction with what I'm about to say about legal advice and all of that, I want to say that oftentimes the parent who's not diagnosed with a mental illness doesn't think that they need to address their issues mentally or like with a therapist. So I just want to throw it out there that if you're that parent and you're struggling with this, um, consider, even if it's just during this time that you're considering getting a divorce, consider speaking to someone who has experience with this. There are trained professionals that get people through this process. Michelle, you're a divorce um, coach. You're a certified divorce specialist. I have resources in my office that I provide to my clients outside of me, the legal help, because I can only do so much to help them get through this so that um, they can really be the best client for their lawyer and let their lawyer do their job and get the, get the divorce done. Um, uh, definitely, you know, when you speak to your lawyer, ask them questions, but make sure that they have resources. You know, children are going to have special needs when this is present. They, so, so you want someone that's going to be able to send you to places in the community or professionals who, who deal with this and who are going to be able to help. And also, um, you know, we don't have enough time to go into everything I share with my clients today, but a good lawyer is going to give you solid tips take home homework that you could take to the bank and make sure that you are going to have your case lined up. So if, and when it does arise that you have to prove these issues, you know, and you have to protect a child because sometimes mental illness does manifest its way itself rather in dangerous ways um, that you're ready, that you're prepared and you're really poised to, to, to be successful. But I can guarantee that this is never happy, a happy outcome for anyone. It's always difficult. Well, if you, you get full custody of your child because your ex is um, so mentally ill that they, they're not capable of getting custody, that's a lose-lose situation. Not lose-lose, but you know what I mean. You're not going to be thrilled and jumping out of your seat happy about it because it's also unfortunate. Yeah, no. But, um, but you Listen, can get through this process. Divorce is doable. 
divorce is doable. It's, it's hard in any capacity, harder when there are mental health issues present, but not impossible. And I think that's the message here. There are ways to support it. There are ways to support your children. I'm a big proponent, even without the mental health issues present, kids need to be in therapy. If they're, if they are co-parented and they're going through a divorce along with their parents, even if you're amicable, kids are going to feel things through this. So the best way is to support your children and be honest and real and let them have an outlet that can help them through this process, in my opinion. Like let's destigmatize therapy for everyone. It can really help the family to have a neutral, a professionally trained neutral perspective that can also like really, um, you know, guide you along and, and help you grow and expand because this is an evolution. I always say divorce is a process. It's not an event. The day you come into my office, you know, is going to be very different emotions and feelings from the day we end because a lot of time is going to pass. I love um, that. Divorce between is the filing and you don't file for divorce and get divorced the next day. You know that. Uh, you yeah, have to go through this like a it's an evolution, right? And then there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and you're totally a, a changed person for better or worse, but hopefully for better when you reach that light on the other side. And um you know, it, it's 100% doable. I, I, we deal with these issues all the time. So if you're fearful and if you're afraid and you think it's a unique situation and, and no one's going to understand your family, trust me, there are lawyers out there that we do this every day, day in and day out. And we lived it. So we know how to um, really give you the help you need. Well, this is really solid advice. And I knew you'd be the right person to come to for this. But you're like just naturally empowering and inspiring. Do your clients tell you this? Hmm. Uh, am I? Is that what, is that a question? No, or? Like you are. I know you are. I, I'm, I'm telling oh, you. I, oh, listen, I just, I keep it real. I mean, that's the truth, you know, and maybe, um, maybe that's what the practice of law is missing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, no, listen, I I'm think- dealing with people who are going through a difficult time. I have to empower and I have to build them up. I need them to be their best version of themselves so we can do this together. It's like, a, it's a team effort. I love you know, that. when you hire a lawyer, you're hiring like a partner in this. You're not wrong to say that maybe there is some realness or not necessarily realness, but empathy. I think in any mm-hmm. in any industry, not just law, when you're doing something day in and day out, it's not uncommon to get desensitized to the difficulties oh, and struggles yeah. that people are dealing with. Think of doctors who are diagnosing terminally ill patients all day long. On some level, you desensitize yourself to it, but it's that empathy. It's true. That that this industry really needs that you definitely bring and you should be very proud of. Your clients are lucky to have you. Um, Thank you. I'm lucky to have them too. You know, I learned from them as well. And um, it's really like a, a, a give and take relationship, but I, I'm grateful to be in the position to help the people I help going through the time they, they're going through because it's very difficult. The old saying in family laws, we're helping good people going through a bad time. And uh, that's a true gift. Like that's an honor in life to have, to, to be put in that position and to be able to actually help, you know, I mean, really uh, looking back um, because, you know, we always look back and take assessment of where we're at. I'm very, I'm the fortunate one to be sitting in this chair and to be able to use the skills and the expertise that I've developed to help people get through a legal process that, which I know we're coming to an end, but I just want to say is not suited for families. It's a civil court system that was created, I mean, for litigants that are never going to see each other again, like Sony and Apple was a, uh, the analogy that one of the judges gave me, you know, in court, 
one day. And this is the same rules that we're put into. So it's a really unique situation. Um, get a lawyer who can navigate that technical world, but also understand that there's a family and where there's kids involved, there are unique and mental health issues. There are unique um, concerns that need to be addressed. So I'm really grateful for um, the platform today as well, Michelle. I'm grateful you're here. We, I feel like we've been trying to nail this down forever. So I'm glad this finally <laughs> works out. Um, and yes, we do have to wrap it up, which makes me sad. This 30 minutes went really, really quickly. But if our guests have any more questions on this topic, where can they find you? Certainly. Well, I am online and on social media. I want to shout out to you for getting me on Insta way back when I thought lawyers didn't need an Instagram like six or seven years ago. So at Gronsky Law on Instagram, Law Offices of Lauren Gronsky on Facebook. Um, we're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. You could find us everywhere. And um, we're grateful to help anyone in need who's going through this. You know, the, I'm grateful the, the for divorce. you. And to everybody listening, you are wonderful. You need to take this advice and run with it because it is solid. And like she said, it's real. If you have more questions, don't hesitate to reach out. But in the meantime, keep moving on. Thanks for being here. Divorce is never easy. And when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events. Documentable text messaging. And an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time-and-date stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R FAIR. Subscribe at BeFAIR.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.